Hi, and welcome to House Call, our podcast designed to help you navigate the New York City real estate market. I'm Andrew Fishkind, as always, here with my co-hosts and partners, Carl Eckroth and Emily Margolin. Hello. Hey, everyone. It's been a little while, but we're back, and we're very excited to have with us today the Chief Communications Officer for Douglas Elliman, Stephen Larkin. Welcome, Stephen. Good to have you here. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me, Carl, Emily, and Andrew. Thanks, Stephen. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Three of the nicest agents at the company. At least in this room. Maybe in the business. Certainly in this room. Maybe. (laughs) We put on a good show. But not to fool anyone, because... It's all the PR we have wrapped around. You guys know how to get deals done. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. And today, this is a little bit of a different topic for us. We wanted to talk with you about what you're seeing, what we're advising agents, how they can help their clients in terms of how PR affects the real estate market and what are best and worst practices. But why don't you introduce yourself and we'll go from there. Sure. Stephen Larkin, Chief Communications Officer at Douglas Elliman. I just celebrated 20 years in the business. Congratulations. I was here a few weeks ago. You had Scott Durkin, our CEO, on. Yes, Yes, we did. And Scott brought me into the business. I was slaving away in television news for Inside Edition, which I loved, actually. And Scott had this crazy idea with Barbara Corcoran that real estate was ready for prime time Mm -hmm. for television. And they wanted somebody with a television background, not so much a PR background, to come and run their PR department. I was like, well, I know nothing about PR except I don't like publicists. Because I was on the other end of calls from publicists. Oh, of course. Could you come and you know, write about this? Or could you come and do a, a segment about that? And I always felt like a lot of the ideas from publicists were kind of stupid. We did a lot of celebrity journalism. They didn't like our show. They thought we were too gossipy. We got a lot of hangups and a lot of no's. So I always felt like publicists got in the way of a good story. Well, oh, that's wow. consistent with Million Dollar Listing and HGTV and all of the television that has now surrounded real estate and house renovations and mm-hmm. curb appeal and all of these things, love it or list it, and all of this nonsense that's it's on all, television. It's all but, anyone yeah. wants to talk about. It's all a big show. About, it's all a big show. <laughs> read about, watch, watch on television, and podcasts are certainly very popular in the real estate space. And yeah, anytime, I'm sure anytime you go to a cocktail party... It eventually gets to real estate. They want to talk about the market. They want to talk about what my house is worth. They want to talk about up and coming neighborhoods. They want to tell you their worst real estate story, their could have, their would have, could have, should have story. Their rental broker story. Yes. Not just at a cocktail party. That happens on the bus too. And the (laughs) the dog park and yeah, everywhere. So it definitely is. We at Elliman, we get calls every day from uh, television reporters, newspaper reporters, podcasters. Organizers of events, thought leadership for panels, radio programs, internet programs. They all want to hear about what the latest and greatest is in in this great industry of ours. Well, so just to tell folks who are listening who are not in the real estate industry. So Douglas Elliman is our brokerage. And you are not only representing this global brand, because Elliman is global, but also us, for example, that. EFM team, we talked to you about our podcast and what our podcast is going to, what the content of that is. It, and so could you maybe talk a little bit about what Element represents and then how you see agents falling under that umbrella? Sure. So I will say Element is probably the most forward thinking company out there as it comes to public relations. I think uh, a lot of companies focus on marketing and advertising, and which we do, of course, at Douglas Elliman, but we give equal weight to PR. And Howard and Scott are great believers in the power of public relations. 
it is different than advertising. It is that's which is what we consider paid media. Public relations is earned media. So it's all about your expertise, the reputation that you've built, the credibility that you have for a reporter to want to talk to you, to trust you, so that including your expertise in their story gives the story weight and credit and credibility for them. And in turn, it gives you a lot of credibility because I think the sort of the subliminal message is that if the New York Times can trust you to comment on a story about the market, then maybe I can also trust you with my most important asset, my home, right? Or my uh, journey into home ownership. So it really does set you apart from the pack when newspapers like the Journal, the New York Post, the you know FT, et cetera, are talking to you and not the guy down the street or the oh, gal is, next door. Are you, are you seeing that in other markets as well? Like in Florida, for example, or in California, are you seeing that as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Across the country. And we have a great team across the country. We've got Priyanka in California, Ashley in Florida, you know, Nancy out in the Hamptons and Long Island. We've got a great team here in New York, Sam, Jess, and Gigi, um, Kelsey down in Texas, and they are fielding calls and also working with agents to pitch out your listings. Mm -hmm. No other company gets as much press as Douglas Elliman. We use a third-party news monitoring service called Meltwater. Compass uses them, Sotheby's uses them, and from region to region, when you really compare apples to apples, like no other company has a greater share of voice than Douglas Elliman. So we are the leading voice in real estate in all the markets that we serve. And it's really, there's really no other company that comes close to getting the amount of articles, the the potential reach, and the ad dollar equivalent of what Douglas Elliman does. Interesting. So that's, it's, we're not here to necessarily do a commercial, but that's interesting because it is actually something that I never thought about pitching as part of a sales package beyond a slide in the package, but actually talking about the reach of the company from a PR standpoint. Yeah. And I think for sellers, when you're going and pitching listings, and I know that's hugely competitive, and they're probably talking to somebody from Corcoran and someone from Compass and someone from Red Howard Stevens and someone from Sotheby's, a huge differentiator for us is the amount of press that we are able to procure for our listings. Now, we can't guarantee that. You can guarantee an ad, right? You can always buy an ad write the copy, put a picture in, and the news organization is happy to take your money. It takes a certain skill set to be able to come and look at a listing, determine the news value of any and what the hook might be, and then articulate that to a reporter who's getting a million pitches from a million publicists like every single day. But what makes this property unique? It might be the architecture, the design, the provenance. George Washington slept here, so who, who has lived here in the past, who the seller is. The price point, the location, is it a brand new kind of sexy neighborhood? So we look at it in many different ways and we try to find a news hook for it. Sometimes it's just pretty mm-hmm. and it's maybe a great social media opportunity. We run social too at Element PR, but, but ultimately we try our best to find some sort of third party exposure for the listings that agents have. We come up with great ideas. Emily, you and I worked closely yeah. together on that idea for those sort of stale listing. listings, right? We got some architects in to create different looks and feels for the homes. Yeah, right? it needed a renovation. So we had three different designers come in and work together with the PR team to come up with a think piece on right. like different ways that you could customize this space for your for your life. And it was really fun. I- yeah. So we do things like that. And then sometimes it's not – we do try to throw out a very large net with the press. So we want publications that have a lot of readership. 
we try to match the readership with the demographic for the, these, the buyers for these types of homes. If it's a $500,000 studio, we're probably going to try and get the Post or the Daily News or maybe the New York Times. If it's a $40 million property, we really would probably want the Wall Street Journal, the Financial Times, a more global audience. So we really look at each listing and then we consider carefully the best um, placement for that home. And, and that casts a wide net. But sometimes we really want to keep things more boutique and we want to keep things more sort of luxury. And sometimes we'll work with a brand partner. We've worked with Goop. We've worked with McCallum. We've worked with Rolls-Royce and Ferrari where they'll have, like, they'll curate a sort of beautiful event, maybe a dinner party for 20 people, their top clients or their biggest sort of media, you know, influencers. So it's an event at the property that brings in maybe only 20 people. And maybe there's no even press allowed around that event, but it's the right 20 people. Right. And it's right. the 20 people who know someone who knows someone or if they post it on their social media, it's going to hit the right audience. So we target these different audiences that way in a more sort of select high-end sort of approach to, to PR. So it's very 360, the way we approach it. It's press, it's social, it's experiential activations. And then, of course, internally, we love to promote our properties, too, on Element Insider, our blog, which goes to all of our agents across the country. And obviously, we know that Element agents love to produce buyers for each other, keeping it in-house, which is really great. And we have lots of channels to, to help promote things within. And you've used, I, I, I've been lucky enough to be profiled in Element Insider. I've seen you do agent bios as well, which is really, it's a nice, it's a nice PR piece, not only in terms of distribution from the Element Network, but it gives me, it gave us material as well, content to push out, showing other people that we are getting talked about as not only a company, but as a team, as individual agents. Yeah, and I think we like to show our agents as not just salespeople. Mm -hmm. We like to show them as fully realized human beings with different experiences, different backgrounds, different interests, uh, different affinities, so that you can connect with buyers and sellers who are out there or even other agents who are looking to refer business to each other. Because sometimes when things are, all things are equal in terms of your expertise or the neighborhoods that you are proficient at or the price points that you're great at, somebody says, oh, this person is also a swimmer or this person was also a dancer or this person also loves horses. Show ways to connect. Yeah. Just like we do in the moment in a pitch when you've met a seller for the first time, you're, you want to build that rapport want to find those lines of commonality so that you can have this discussion and, and hopefully have them take you seriously and believe in what you're saying. You're doing that on a much, much bigger level, but the premise is the same. Exactly the same. You, yeah. Connectivity in this business is so important, that human connection. And so we just love to find ways to talk about agents. And that's why a lot of times I'll, when I meet with an agent, I'm not just asking about their listings or their the things they've sold recently. I'm asking about who they are and where they live and what they do and if they have kids, where their kids go to school or where they spend their weekends or what their hobbies are, or what their passions are and, and show ways, find ways to really talk about that and amplify the various pieces of you that make you maybe more interesting to more people. Yes. And I think it's even personal with the new developments. We have a few and when folks come through, it's really important to connect to the folks who are coming through the, the development and I think it's personal in every case, real estate in Manhattan. I really do. I agree completely. And yeah. I think it's why this is the one industry that hasn't been disrupted yet. You know? <laughs> <laughs> because I don't really care if I talk to my taxi driver or not. But if I'm working with somebody to buy a home or, or sell a home, you're with that person. They're in your business. They know so much about you. It's a people business. Yeah. First and foremost. I talk about this with clients a lot, that it's, it's going to be, it's going to start out as a very intense, 
personal relationship and I'm going to learn things about you that other people don't know. It's all confidential, but you're going to find yourself telling me things because it enables us to do our job better for you. Exactly. I'm sure every agent experiences, especially when you work with a buyer and you're out with them for a while looking for properties. And then all of a sudden you find the property and you get it into contract. Then you don't have that 24 seven relationship with them anymore. And I've had the experience time and time again, where clients will call and say, I miss talking to you. And I say, I told you it would be short and intense and Mm -hmm. I'm not going anywhere, but you don't need to speak to me all the time. Yeah. And I know agents talk about this all the time. They're not just the real estate agent they're the therapist they're the matrimonial therapist they're the housekeeper (laughs) you you really provide so much more than just many hats transactional value so let's shift gears if i can onto something else we talked about a bit as to what are you seeing right now how are you advising agents in terms of what to say what not to say what's going on in the world that shouldn't be discussed or how you frame things. This becomes relevant to us. I think Emily mentioned it before in the context of we are very often representing other people in the market. So what we say reflects on them, reflects on their properties. It is relevant to more than just the individual agents. Social media, press, all these sort of very public ways in which we communicate with each other can be so powerful and so great in so many ways. Certainly it helps us to sell real estate. It helps us to connect with very large audiences in ways that we've never been able to do before. And it's incredibly fantastic for our business. That said, it is riddled with pitfalls. It can be misconstrued. Misconstrued and so easily drawn into these online fights. There's no winning on social media. We're real estate professionals. And I think the best advice is to stick to real estate and the things that touch real estate, neighborhood, lifestyle, design, architecture, you name it. We're not experts on geopolitical affairs. And, and there's enough trolls online who will attack yeah. you for the things like architecture and yeah, exactly. that you don't need to get into <laughs> exactly. things where they're yeah. actively waiting for you. Yeah. Now, there's ways to express sympathy for what's happening in the world, but I think the best advice is to stay out of it, <laughs> let other people do the talking, and there's ways for you to take action. You can vote, you can donate money, you could do all sorts of things. And as a company, we take action. Yes. We recently did a big fundraiser for the Israeli American Council. Um, we've done fundraisers for Black Lives Matter. We've done fundraisers for natural disasters like major uh, hurricane flooding in Texas and Florida, wildfires in California. So we really are a company that really believes in being part of, we're leaders in the community. We want to like lend a hand and we want to raise visibility and we want to raise money. And so there's ways to do that that don't bring you into this sort of rabbit hole of like fighting and infighting and can ultimately cost you your job in some cases. One thing I have grown to love about you personally, but also as a representative for Element, is the way that you navigate the way that luxury meets philanthropy and the way that you've spearheaded the uh, campaigns that Element has chosen to engage in when it comes to what's going on in the world. And I wonder, what is the conversation when you engage with the community? We're both involved with God's Love We Deliver, which is this incredible organization that helps feed hungry New Yorkers. It's really wonderful how the brand meets the philanthropy. And I was wondering if you have any thoughts on that. Giving back is always important. And it's something that was instilled in me by my parents who were always very involved at a community level where I was growing up. I walked into a company almost seven years ago that already had a well-established history of, of giving back. And God's love we deliver has always been one of these charities that you can't not love their mission. Mm-hmm. We do the Ride for Love every year. Emily are out there every year peddling our hearts away, yep. trying to raise as much money as we can for God's love. 
But we felt like it was very New York focused and we wanted to expand the footprint of this day of giving back. So we created a whole campaign around that mm-hmm. and through Element Cares, Element Gives Back. So every day that the Ride for Love is designated, we have agents working with Project Angel Food in L.A., similar organizations in Miami. Um, people are building houses for veterans in Texas and um, Habitat for Humanity in Aspen. People want to do good for the, the people that they're, they live amongst in the communities where we work. They provide us so much. We're so lucky as a company and as agents and to work in the business that we do and um, to do as well as we get to do. I think agents love an opportunity to say, hey, thank you. It's an easy give and we're so lucky to have leadership that really believes in it and supports it and gets involved in it. It's not just a check, it's actually getting out there and walking for childhood cancer or riding for hunger or helping to provide housing for people in need. It really becomes a community because sometimes our sellers will be with us for a lifetime and we will sell their children's houses and coming together at some of these events and being able to meet them under different circumstances is really wonderful. Yes. And I think culture is important to the company and, and we have lots of great cocktail parties and events, but sometimes getting together in a more meaningful way where we're actually helping people and animals or whatever the case may be. It helps build connections that are uh, important as we go about our day-to-day business. I know we're going over, but do you have any wild stories? So you've been with Element for like 20 years. One thing that comes to mind, I remember reading something about the scariest house in Queens. Like they were, do you have any of those stories? Gosh, well, I remember the house in Queens. And funny enough, I was at a shoot last week with Scott Durkin and Richard Quest from CNN. They're doing a big package on luxury real estate. And and the cameraman for the shoot was from the same town where this house was. And he remembered it. It's still sold for like $800,000 or something. (laughs) And by the way, the person who bought it because this cameraman updated me, they can't even finish the renovation because the town is giving them a hard time on some violation or something like that. So it was a real eyesore in the community. And now they have these new owners that want to make it pretty again. And they're being stopped. I assume that still happens fairly frequently. Were you being surprised? We look at you, for example, in your position and think, he's got it all broken down. He knows how the PR machine works. He knows how the social media machine works. But I imagine just like us, you oftentimes find yourself, how is this story taking off or this post taking off versus the dozens of others I posted? We get a lot of viral stories. We've sold the Brady Bunch house. What do you mean? We sold the Brady Bunch house. Like the one from the television show? That wasn't a set? It was a set inside. It just sold again. This is what our listeners want to hear. And we sold the Golden Girls house, which actually is not in Florida. It's in Brentwood, California. In 1911, when Douglas Hellman was first founded, I believe they sold the Flintstones house also. (laughs) No, but but Douglas Hellman and I, Frank, did help to sell Stonehenge. The thing that I think you're getting at is the sort of hiccup that you could experience while talking to a reporter, maybe. You could take a great interview and say one wrong thing, and then that becomes the story. That's the story. (laughs) So you really have to be careful about what you say. We do a lot of training at Element around talking to the press. There's no such thing as really off the record. You really want to work with your PR team members in your region. You want to work closely with them before you talk to a reporter. We spend a lot of time prepping our executives and agents for interviews so that they have the data, they have the research, they have the information, they have talking points so they steer away from controversial topics or say the wrong thing that is just going to end up in trouble. And they can just pull the wrong quote or the wrong slice of the quote. You have to be very careful. And by nature, we want to answer questions and we want to talk to people. So when people try to derail us or move us into topics we're not supposed to be talking about, 
it's easy to get caught up in that. Sometimes the smartest thing to say is nothing at all. We have a lot of agents, by the way, who get a lot of press and it really works for their business. We have other agents that are hugely successful because they never talk to the press. Mm -hmm. Right. They have clientele. They know they're never going to see their name in the paper because they're working with an agent who just doesn't seek that type of attention. Both work and both are really good strategies and every agent is different. But the team will work with our agents to really help develop the best approach for each agent. Mm -hmm. So it's a very sort of should be a very unique approach. It's also the Wild West. I did a two-hour interview about one of our projects and did not get quoted. Whoever wrote that article was like, Emily, I'm so sorry they cut your quote or whatever. I was like, ah. Yeah, there's never a guarantee. And, <laughs> no. and we, that happens a lot. But good reporters talking to a lot of different people for a story. Oh, yeah. So oh, they yeah. get it right. And they want to hear different points of view. And sometimes different agents or people they're talking to will say the same thing. And maybe somebody says it a little better, a little clearer, more concisely. Yep. They'll go with that quote. They have no obligation to quote you, if they, even if they've taken up days of your time. But I will say that nine times out of ten, the reporter will remember the time that you gave them. They'll remember you for the next story. It's never uh, a waste of time, in my opinion. It's always good to cultivate relationships with reporters, especially reporters that are covering real estate. They usually do it for a very long time, and you want to maintain good relationships with those reporters throughout your career because you never know when you might need their help. Right. Yeah. As always, you're delightful in person and on podcast. Yes. And I am going to suggest to our technical crew that we get a bootleg of the Inside Edition theme song to close this podcast once we go through production. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mike posted the music. <laughs> but thank you. It was a little different topic for us, but it was, as always, good to talk to you. I hope I didn't say anything wrong. Oh, yeah. left and right. <laughs> thank you Thanks so, so much. much Thanks, guys. Fun to be here.